When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. I'm Whitney Wiley. I'm Greer McVeigh. How are you, Whitney? I am fabulous. How are you today? I'm good. This has been a big week. I mean, just all around. I just feel like things are happening. Happening. You say that every other episode. You say that every other episode. But this one is very true. And there are positive things to report on your house hunting front, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So we don't even need to segue today. It is. <laughs> well, it, but it I is, mean, it is. Well, so I, there, there is, I do have news and, um, you know, but it's the interesting thing is that <laughs> as big as my news is, it just, it feels like it's being dwarfed just by life itself, right? And I, it's, it's weird because people keep asking me, the people who know my news, um, keep asking me questions about, you know, sort of what I'm doing or, uh, you know, how's it going? How do I feel? And, and I'm like, eh, eh, because there's so Which much other stuff really going true. on. Right. It's, that's not really true, but because of the other stuff, it seems yeah, to get Yeah, it's just like, I, I don't shuffle. have time to think about it. So let's just get into it, right? So Well, uh, let's go with what the big news is. And, but I think that's a good point and something that we can talk about, which is, well, it's- Stop and the, smell the roses. It's the title of appreciate podcast. <laughs> it's life, right? Life, life has a yeah. way- of getting in the way of you know whatever and so there's a saying um yeah i'll think about i'll I'll think of it'll come to me i can't something about life is what happens on your way to live in life or something (laughs) right it's just like you're trying life is what happens when you're not looking that's what happens when you're yeah you're trying to do your thing and then something, you know, sort of comes up. And I was actually on a, a radio program for a gentleman out of Canada. 
um, for this group that I belong to. And we were talking about just that, this, this concept that life, when it happens, right, we tend to get wrapped up in that. And in reality, we have to just keep sort of moving in the flow, right? Life just has to be part of our flow because things that are going to happen are not going to stop happening. People are not going to stop losing jobs. People are not going to stop, stop having bad relationships or breakups or losing people they love or I'm gonna stop having bad relationships or buying houses. Yay. Congratulations. Yeah. You so are I'm, in contract in the state of California. I so technically I, I don't know this does it count as buying a house? I don't think it yes. technically counts as buying a house. It is I entered into a contract a to buy a house. You entered into a contract to buy a house. That's what <laughs> so we I'm all stuck. <laughs> so I'm stuck buying a house. <laughs> well, well you're, yeah. you're stuck losing your earnest money deposit. You can well, always that, walk but, away. That is true. I'm not going to walk, walk away. away but. I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to run away. But yeah, this has been a, 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 a obviously a process, but it's been quite the experience. So let me just go back a minute to, to sort of explain how this came about. Um, I've owned two homes before, been there, done that. Um, one of the things that I don't like about home ownership and part of why I was like, you know what, I'm good not owning a home. I don't ever need to own a home again. Um, for me is the that you're tethered to something, right? It's like, you know, I want to be able to go. I want to come and go. I don't know. I might not want to be here next year or two years from now. I want to be free. I want, you know, like I want to fly like the wind. And, um, you know, that's one of them. Obviously, you know, homes have maintenance requirements and things you got to do and sacrifices you have to make. It's like, uh, I can go to Paris or I can put on a new roof, but I can't do both. Well, you know what? I want to go to Paris. Um, Oh, However, you know what the good news is about what you're buying? You don't have to make a choice between a roof in Paris for at least like 30 years. years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so the, so the thing is, and yes, it's a new home, new home construction. So we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, what that doesn't do, obviously, you know, and, and that's, that's all fine and dandy when you're 22, 32. <laughs> maybe even 42, as you start getting older. Or 52. Or, or 52. As you start getting older, and obviously you're thinking about, you know, your old age and, you know, what, what the future looks like, not to mention, you know, your legacy and wanting to leave something to your children and all of that. It's not such an attractive, it's not such an appealing thing to not you know, to, to not have invested, right? To not have invested in anything. And I've got plenty of friends who, um, I mean, I've got some, I've got plenty of friends who are just wealthy and bought houses <laughs> cash, but I also have plenty of friends who, you know, did it the old fashioned way. They bought a house, they paid a mortgage, they paid it for 30 years but they bought it in their twenties or whatever. And, you know, or maybe in their thirties, a 15 year mortgage and, or in their twenties with a 30 year mortgage and their house is paid off. And now they get to enjoy this part of their lives with 
without that burden. Now, that doesn't mean they might not want to pull money out or remodel and redecorate, move to a different house, downsize, upsize, or whatever. But, you know, they've done that. So here I am at my advanced age, and I'm looking at 30 years, like make it paying a mortgage for the next 30 years. And it's like, oh my God, I'm going to be paying a mortgage to the day I die. I just better live long, right? So anyway, so that sort of has been in the back of my head, like where you get, you're getting older and you really should, you probably should, you know, be tethered to something, right? Have a piece of something. Um, anyway, so, so there's that. Um, then for the, a couple of years ago, and, and I told this story, or I've talked about this on Lemon Drops over, you know, in earlier episodes, but I rented a house and, um, and it was a lovely home and my mortgage, what my rent rather was $3,000 a month, rented it for two years. So at the end of the two years, when my lease was up, just, you know, I knew going into it, but just the reality that I had just paid $72,000 of someone else's mortgage uh, was uh, almost uh. more than I could bear, right? And uh. I, I know people who pay higher rent than that. So this is not a, a, a comparison or a battle of who paid the most or anything like that. It's it's that I didn't pay $72,000 toward my own mortgage. Right, right. And, you know, and I realized that if I'm going to spend that kind of money, one, I obviously should, should it should be an investment. I should have something to show for it. I'd have the equity and all of that. Um, but not to mention that you really, when you're in someone else's home, you don't get to use it the way you want. I, I couldn't even paint a wall, right? It's not my house to do to do that. So I just, I was like, you know what? I, and I'm not willing to live in a, lesser you're right I'm not interested in living in a well I'll, I'll just go find first of all there is no house in California you know where I live that I could do. oh I'll just get a thousand dollar fifteen hundred dollar a month all right I don't know that you there know. are many places left in California yeah, so that, that that. Doesn't, and there are some obviously there are houses in California that you could rent for fifteen hundred dollars um, a month that are probably nice homes, but they're so far outside of the Bay Area where I live that it's a moot point. So it just got me thinking. So at the end of last year and after the year that we had, 2020, and then I had to move again because I had moved into an in-law unit in someone's home and then coronavirus came and my son came home and it was like, well, he can't live here. So then I, you know, it's like, oh my God, I, I have to have better control. And that was sort of the beginning of a process for me, right? Of sort of taking, taking control, taking agency over my own situation, taking control and saying, you know what? I'm not gonna be at someone's mercy. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and do the, do the thing. Now, that said, when I started this, I was like, nobody's gonna give me a house. Not that I, not that I don't make good money, not that I don't, not, you know, don't have horrible credit, or, or so I didn't think <laughs> until I started this process. And then it's like all these things. So initially I was like, well, let me just see, you know, because home ownership for a lot of people who don't own homes, um, especially people who've never owned a home, seems like such an impossible thing to do. Right. 
And it really is, and I guess the, the one thing that I'd want people to take away from this today is that it really is just a process. Right. If you check the boxes, if you do, you know, if the things that you need to do are things that you have done, then you can accomplish the thing on the end, um, which is the home ownership. So I, I reached out to a, to a lender and I said, hey, you know, I'm interested in buying a home. Here's my situation. Here's my income and how long I've been working and, you know, whatever, all that information. And they were like, okay, well, let me run your credit. So she runs my credit. Unbeknownst to me, I had a couple of things on my credit report that I didn't know was there. And there were not, there were things literally that were not my fault, right? Um, so I had two credit cards a couple of years ago that I closed, that I paid off, paid in full and closed. And they, the, on my credit report at the time, they were like, oh, it's a zero balance and it's closed. And that was that. A couple of months later, apparently, well, a few months later, I look at my credit report and I see that there is a 90 day delinquency on both of the accounts. So what appear, apparently what happened is they just billed me like $2 or $5, like just a service charge, the, right. like the minimum service charge. Well, because the accounts were closed, I didn't know it. I didn't pay it. I didn't see it. And they sat there unpaid. For Until they triggered days. something. <laughs> Until... Right. So then it's like, so I've got these two 90 days, literally the only bad things on my credit report are these two 90 day delinquent credit card accounts. Well, at some point then, like a year ago, I, I did know that I did know that those were there. I reached out, I did the, the disputes with the credit bureaus and they were like, oh, well, you know, we'll fix that. So what they did though, was they made them zero balances and closed again, but they left the delinquency. I didn't realize they had done that. That took, you know, that was a big hit. Anyway, so fast forward to this year, I decided I'm buying a house. They run my credit. These two things are on there. I had to literally call each of the credit bureaus and talk to somebody and explain that because they were like, well, we've already removed that. And I'm like, no, the delinquencies are there. Anyway, we go through all that, but then I've got to wait for it to catch up. You know, and it takes uh, like a uh, month uh. or two or whatever to catch up. So I just have been sort of sitting around, you know, in limbo, waiting for the opportunity to, you know, I started, you and I started looking at houses, but I wasn't in a position to put in an offer because I didn't have a, 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 a credit. A pre-approval letter. pre-approval letter. So anyway, I got the pre finally yeah, found a house that I like, yeah. got a pre-approval yeah. pre letter. I had pre-qualified, but it was like it was contingent on me fixing those things. Right. Fixed those things, got the pre-approval letter, had found a house. But right now, because the market is so, I don't know, I don't even know what to call it. It's the scorching a, a, hot. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hot market for it's a seller's market. It's a, definitely a seller's market. It's crazy. The inventory is beyond low. It's a low inventory, right? Which is the weird thing about, you know, so about there being the low inventory or right. about it being a seller's market, because it's like apparently nobody's selling anything. <laughs> 
and whatever does get on the market, you know, I guess we're back to really fast, back right? To, uh, bidding wars and and all of that stuff. So anyway, I was able to find one little <laughs> one little house <laughs> with one little builder, and I wanted new home. I almost wanted to tell you today. I got an email from a builder uh -oh, saying, "Oh, we." Me. We have houses. <laughs> if you, if it makes you feel better, they're out of your, out of your, out of, where you want to be. Range. No, they're not out um, of your price range, but they're out of where you want to be. Geographically? So, financially. Out of where you want to be. Uh, okay. Right? You so pre-approved for but X. I don't want to. You pre-approved for X. You did not want to. Spin yeah, I didn't want to spend, which is an interesting that. thing, right? I think most people, well, I don't know what most people do. I shouldn't even say that, but you get pre-approved for a dollar amount. And I think a lot of people's inclination is to spend that dollar amount. I think that's because it is the realtor's inclination for you to spend <laughs> that dollar amount because the realtor gets paid. But if you, and you and I both do this, we watch a lot of HGTV. I watch, you know, house hunters and other kind of hunters a lot. And particularly when there are couples, there's always one person in the couple who's willing to push the limit and go beyond the limit and one that's like, I really would like to be like down here because they want to have money, right? The blender, the bank is willing to stretch you. Yeah. Right. They don't care whether or not you're eating beans and rice yeah. and top don't ramen be for what the next rich and cash poor. It, Exactly. They don't care if you're eating top ramen in your in, new mansion in tortillas <laughs> you know for the next 20 What's years top ramen and tortillas? i don't know nothing i like them <laughs> i like them but you know as it relates to you don't get to eat steak and filet mignon anymore you don't get to take trips to paris right yeah. because yeah. you know some bank has said that you can buy half a uh, half a million or a million dollar house and you're like oh my god i, I, I that's what i can uh, buy well, so that's know, what i'm gonna buy but what's what's crazy though is you know and the hgtv thing is real and a couple of the of the um sales agents that we came across were like damn hgtv <laughs> you know because it's like all of I'm, and I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody. I watch it and I'm like, you know, you walk into a house and you're like, oh no, there's no way that I could live with this granite countertop. I want, you know, slate or, you know, I can't live with this. I want that. So I, I started this not at all thinking about new home construction. I started this process looking for a resale, um, and but looking, I knew I had to go outside the Bay Area, right? I mean, right. I, you know, properties here, a, a three bedroom. I was looking for a four bedroom, you know, four bedroom, three bath, but a two bedroom, one bath in the Bay Area is seven hundred thousand dollars. Right, right. <laughs> so you know, so it's like okay, so if I've got to go outside the Bay, you know, outside of my where I want to be, <clears throat> that's fine. But I'm looking at houses, you know, how far out do I have to go? And as I'm looking at houses, they were very much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fixer-uppers. Then I started thinking about, well, I'm going to have to, you know, I got to replace the whole gut the kitchen and 
rip out the carpet and change the flooring and do the thing and landscaping. All of a sudden, it's like I've spent a hundred thousand dollars on, you know, on a remodel. Right. I don't know the first thing about remodeling. I got a day job. I got a night job. <laughs> I got a contractor like, for. Well, That's I don't have. I don't have money. That, yeah, none of that was going to work. So anyway, I ended up deciding that I'd do new home construction because then I just didn't have to think about a whole lot of stuff, and the house comes with a warranty. Uh, the problem therefore is now I've got to wait. <laughs> so when I say, well, did I buy a house? It's like I entered into a contract to buy a house, but right now- You entered into a contract to buy a house five months from now. <laughs> <laughs> five months from now, because the house is not, uh, they have poor the con- the, You the, do uh, have a foundation. Foundation. Yes. So, and, and there's plumbing and, you know, electric lines, I guess, run, run through the foundation. There's a whole infrastructure in that community. So, yeah. Yes. So, so that stuff is, is good. Um, but yeah, so now I've got to be patient. This week's challenges. So one thing that I didn't expect was that I, all the design stuff, they want to know now. So I have an appointment literally tomorrow with the designer and I'm like, well, the house isn't going to be built for six months, five months. Why, why are you bugging me about, well, they're building the house consistently. (laughs) They're not going to wait five months from now and then build the house like with a magic wand. No, but it's, but it's like, you know, it doesn't matter whether I want a, a washer and dryer or refrigerator in it because I don't need that for months. Well, they're like, no, they've got to order it now. Then all of a sudden, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we just had a ship blocking the Suez Canal, right? right. There I mean, are all we're, kinds of we're things, subject yes. to to the to the uh, unknown. And, you know, you're looking and we at spent the a whole supply year. chain. We and spent a all whole year stuff. with an unknown, right? And yeah. not knowing, you know, that when coronavirus and the shutdowns initially hit, you couldn't basically sales of real estate were not happening right in a couple of days they had to come up with protocols and things to do and 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 setting up procedures so that people could have access to people's homes and getting the the um contracts and waivers and things drafted so that if you went into someone's home um and they had coronavirus or you had coronavirus and you're not suing each other back and forth, right? So you're absolutely right. The Suez Canal, coronavirus, you know, who knows what could happen. Yeah, just anything um, on the supply chain. The supply chain, just not exactly. available. Wars, exactly. famine, whatever. So, yeah. So, so now I have- None of which will let you out of your contract, by the way. <laughs> Which was really interesting, right? Because in a resale house, just about anything anything could get you out of a, a contract and get your earnest mm-hmm. money deposit back. And apparently in this mar- well, in this market in particular, that probably is less so. Um, but as it relates to new home sales, that is particularly so. And basically she said, um, if the house burned down while they were building it, they would decide whether or not, <laughs> <laughs> we'll decide whether or not uh, to let you out of this contract and if we're going to rebuild it or if we're going to send you your check back. 
Yeah. We're, we'll crazy? decide that. But we'll decide like, no, that. it's like, no, you're going to rebuild my, you're going to rebuild it. And they're like, no, you're going really. to rebuild. The, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm getting a house. It, yeah, you know, exactly. If I have to if wait not a little here, longer. Then in one of your other communities, you're giving you know. me, I'm getting a house out of this. So, you know, this weird. is obviously going to be a sort of an ongoing thing. Like I said, I've got uh, this week, I get to decide on solar, solar panels. Apparently that's mandatory in New Home. It is, it is California. not apparent. It is not apparent. It is the law. <laughs> it is mandatory in California. Um, uh, I've got to decide on uh, some electrical stuff as well, some design stuff. And I have one other person. Tell them you want with. wires in the house. Just wires? Oh, yeah, you, you, you no wire anger. <laughs> you want as many wires. Yeah, wire it for wires. whatever, surround sound and, and all that. So this is going to be a process. It's going to take a while. We'll revisit this. Maybe in the meantime, we'll see if we can get the builder, whose name we won't mention, to... Um, to uh, participate in the production of our show. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe so. So, you know, I'd like to have some takeaways, you know, if, if you've shared some nice stories, but in terms of takeaways, I want to start with a mindset thing. Um, so you mentioned sort of your, the evolution of you getting to this place of even wanting to buy a house again. And you threw out some words that I'm curious about. So you talked about being burdened and tethered, right? And I just, I wanted to start with this question. You rented, you had a lease. Did you not feel tethered with a lease? You weren't going month by month so that you could just pick up and go at any point. Why? Well, I didn't feel did you feel or I didn't feel tethered to the house in large part because I felt tethered to the school district more. Okay. So and I had time, I timed the lease. The lease coincided with my son's last two years of high school. Okay. So that we were tethered, you know, I've already felt tethered to the school district. So once he graduated, it was like, okay, I'm free to go. And you know. It, so that that was that, um, but that is you're right. That is certainly a mind a mindset issue, right? It's like I, you know, one person sees it as tethered, and another person sees it as secure. It, it, or security, particularly you know, as you've qualified that, and that the real tethering was the school district. You wanted the best school district you could afford to be in when you made the decision to be in that school district and make other housing choice. You could have made any number of housing choices, right? Yeah. When you first decided to move to that community um, and you made the decision to be, in your words, tethered to that school district for 14 years, 15 years, right? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. So what would have a little house have met, thrown in there? What? Nothing. I said, what would have a house have meant if you'd thrown that in? Well, there? that is so that you is had true. A, you had I just so I just want to point out for you know our listeners when when you're framing things, nothing has any meaning other than that which you give it. 
And so when you are framing how you're seeing things, you, you need to pay attention to the words. And so, and, and if then, you say it often enough, you really you, start to believe that exactly. I wasn't tethered. I mean, I obviously went and did stuff and you, you know. guys traveled to Europe. He went yeah. to Africa, Japan, um, Costa Rica, well, Costa Mexico, Rica, we went all over Canada, the place. you went all and none of and being tethered didn't stop any of that. And it wasn't like I was going to move. Right. If I <laughs> and didn't it wasn't there, like you were going I mean, to move. It wasn't like I couldn't. I think it's just the idea that I could move. What if I want to go live in DC or New York or Bombay? Or, you could you know, have done with a house the same mark. thing you would do with a, a Belly, lease. Keep it Break moving. it. Or get a renter. <laughs> <laughs> Break it and move on. Yeah. Or right. you get a renter or I, you I sell it. Never break a lease. Well, now you don't have to. Yeah, um, have to. But the, the the point is that that's a choice. Even that is a choice, right? Yeah. If you had decided that you wanted to move to DC, and I know or you that buy that's yourself out of the lease, right? Or you buy yourself out of the lease, or you know, yeah. you sell your house, or rent your house, or whatever. So the, the the bottom line is that you get to make those decisions. You frame how you see things, so mindset and you get to make those decisions. Patience is that on your list? Patience, we can certainly add that. <laughs> you know, but, but this, it, like I said, it's been a process. And we looked at, we looked at more houses than I, and that I would have expected. I used to be a realtor, obviously, as you know, I used to be a realtor. And when I was, my broker said, you show three houses. He says, when you're, when you're working with a new client, and they come and they sit down and they tell you what they want and their must-haves and all that. You go and you find, identify three houses that meet their needs. That give them what they want. No more and no less. You show them three houses. If they don't buy one of those houses. What, you send you, them to someone else? No, you, you go back to your office, you sit down and you make them reevaluate their list. Well, that is As true. he put it, buyers are liars. Right. I don't. Now, I don't know that, that I. I don't know that I would say that they're liars, but they they don't know what they want. I and would you not. Think about, I don't ascribe right. to that. Yeah. Okay, but if you think about me in this process, and I'm like, this is what, you know, I have my list of things that were non-negotiable. These are the things I want. These are the things I need. These. I are think the things you had two non-negotiables at the start. And did I get those two non-negotiables at the end? I don't think you got either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> One non-negotiable was a bit was a walk-in closet. One non-negotiable was a big walk-in closet. And I did and not get, I did get a walk-in closet. It's just not big. And the other was four bedrooms. One story. That was a. You did get one story, but that one was, story. That, that was sort of negotiable. What? The one story you wanted one story, but it was sort At of. At one point, but, I said, "I'm not doing two stories." And then the the next thing you know. I was looking at two stories. I you looked at three at story houses. You, you I don't did. even think I told you that, but I looked at, there was some three story houses like out in, I don't know, out in Galt or Stockton or somewhere out there. They were like, I guess, townhouses. And I'm like, well, Greer, you really, unless it has an elevator, you really lost <laughs> your mind that you're even <laughs> contemplating a three story house at my age. So, yeah. So the other um, thing that you said, that really struck me was sort of 
this concept of impossible challenge and um, you reframed that and said, it really is just a process, right? This, it, it, it seems like such a huge undertaking, particularly as a single person, right? Mm -hmm. And now this will be your second time purchasing a home as a single person. You've done it once as a couple. As an unmarried woman. <laughs> <laughs> as an unmarried woman, a single person. Um, and it, whether it's single man, single woman, particularly in California where the prices are what they are, particularly in this market with the inventory as low as it is and the houses that when they become available are flying off the shelf so fast, over asking, um, you know, people paying cash, like multiples of tens of thousands of dollars over asking. So going into something what seems like an impossible challenge, but you, you, you made the point, which is the point for so much in life. This conversation is about you and the purchase of a house, but it really applies to everything. Exactly. It everything is really it's, it's just whatever a your goal is. Exactly. Right? It's just a process. And to stop, take a deep breath, you know, bring someone along with you for the journey that can help keep you sane, hold you accountable, um, but remind you that it's just a process and do the one thing that you need to do. And when you've done that, do the next thing and then the yeah. next thing. And, and stop looking at it as a, a as a in its totality, because that can be very overwhelming and really look at it, break it down into its component parts and do what you need to do. And you did that with the, with the credit, right? You know, you get, you know, a report back that this and you go, you know, that sort of throws a, a monkey like, wrench I can't in buy it. a house today on a whim. <laughs> it's like, no, Here's what you need to do. Go fix it and then come exactly. back. Exactly. And when you fix you know, it, come back. And I fixed Address it and I was able, and fortunately, back. I mean, it wasn't like I had this whole, you know, credit no, it, profile, and it right? No, it wasn't something that you, you didn't need to hire. To do. It was exactly. just a couple of months. You didn't so. need to hire somebody, right? You didn't need to find tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay off back you know, delinquent accounts and, and none of that was your issue. So, and there are people that have that. And if you have that, the same mm -hmm. thing applies. So be it. Just pull your credit report up, tackle one thing. Which is a, today. which let me just, let me tackle just interject. Let me just interject yes. that. Do not hide from your credit report or from your whatever it is. I was going to get to you, that, but yes. Okay, that you perceive is your obstacle and you don't want to deal with it especially if it makes you not feel great about yourself or if it makes you you know it's like oh, i'm never going to be able to do it. just don't hide from not dealing with it isn't going to make it go away correct but go correct. ahead i'm sorry no and just kind of in in that vein it you are not your credit you are not your credit score you are not your net worth those are things that are attached to you, but you are not those things. So one, those things should not make you feel bad about yourself. Let's just start there. Then if you don't like it, fix it. If you don't like it, fix it. And the good news is that it's all fixable. 
it's all fixable. It's a matter of time and effort. Might be some money. It might, it, maybe you have to do beans and rice, rice and beans as Dave Ramsey would say. I think I right? might have top ramen for dinner tonight. Or, or top ramen. Is, <laughs> and again, as Dave Ramsey would say, you might have to do that for a while. You might need to get a second job. You, the, you might need to sell some things, it, whatever it is. Plasma. <laughs> A kidney. Uh, yo, please don't do that. Uh, but you may have to get really creative on what kinds of things that you that you need to do. You may have to make some trade offs in order to get it done. But it's all fixable. Is the bottom line. Yeah. And as it relates to credit specifically, um, don't let it get to that point. Stay on top of your credit. Cool. I think you told me um, as a part of this, that, you know, the coronavirus and the, the, the um, relief act that there you can pull credit reports for free every week. Right. That yeah, you can do it. I think it's through I think it's through April. They may have extended it um, on what is it? Free credit report dot com. You can so pull you can one, uh, for all make three sure. credit bureaus once a week. And so stay, stay on top of your credit. And even when this expires, this gift of mm-hmm. access expires, you have that access once a year for free, but pay for it. It's not that expensive. Pay for it. Stay on top of your credit. Um, and one way that you can sort of do that f- for free is there are three major credit bureaus. You get one per credit bureau per per year do one every four months right do Experian and yeah, four don't months do all now. of them do TransUnion and four months and then by then the year is over and you can yeah and unless you're again. buying something like I I actually have a membership to one of them so I can pull a credit report daily without um impacting your score. without impacting mm-hmm. my score so I I mean I was like on it like every single day you know that said, normally, if I wasn't buying anything, you you pull a credit report, you get your annual one, or you go ahead and pay. You don't have to have a membership you all know, the time, every month, right. for month, right. month after month. Get it, you know, see what it is you need to do, do those things, and then, you know, whatever, six months, four months, or when you're ready to buy the thing that you're going to buy, um, you know, at that point, you may want to say, okay, let me pull it again to make sure that what you needed it, to do. What you thought it was but is, it is what it is. What, right. what is interesting, though, is that the consumer credit report is different than yes. what the banks use. It just gives you an idea. Creditors use, so yeah. Well, the, so here's the good news. The We should things, get a credit expert on here one day. We will absolutely get a credit expert on here. I think we should do some um, have an episode about real estate investing and some investing and some other things as well. But um, I had a I had a thought and it jumped right out. We were of talking head. about getting your credit report or not checking it every day, not checking it every month. Well, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I did. Um, you know, I was pulling it. I was looking at it. But I knew very specifically what I was looking for. Oh, that was my point. Yes, go finish that thought. No, um, that's, go ahead. 
So I was going to say in the, the, the difference between the consumer report and the actual creditors reports, what they pull up the scores, the good news is that the details are the same, right? Um, so yeah, what you when, owe it, what you owe it, when the credit it, those things the, are the same, the, 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 the methodology of scoring is different. And so your consumer score may be a little different, higher or lower than the yeah, And since they score. won't tell you what the algorithm is. They don't tell you, they're not going to, and they don't tell you generally which one they use. And so like Experian has like five or six different, you know, methodologies that they have for different things. So, and, and, and the, none of that is the point. The bottom line is stay on top of your credit. You can do that in a systematic way dispute the inaccuracies. I wouldn't say you need to obsess about it, but you do need to stay on top of it because you don't want to show up to buy a house or car thinking everything is great and you get there and you find out it's not and then now you need to wait for five months to, to dispute things and then wait for it to cycle through and be in the position to do something. So and that's what yeah. got to me. And let me just add to, on, on, just to piggyback on the whole credit thing. There's also, um, what do you call it? People steal your identity theft. Identity theft, yes. So, you know, you may, you know, I pay all my bills. You could be perfect. All the things perfectly. <laughs> right. And the last time you checked it, maybe you had an 850 credit score and, you know, and everything was great and, you know, but somebody in the interim has- You, you made know, it really easy for somebody to buy something, right? Cause you yeah. got an 850 credit score. So you made it really easy for them. Yeah, so- People like, with 400 credit scores don't have identity theft. <laughs> yeah, who wants to be you? So, you know, there, there's that. So, you know, again, I just want to reiterate, it's, it's a mindset. I no congratulate you. Your identity. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to steal your identity at 400. Um, congratulations to you. I know this will continue to be a process. We will touch bases again when something of note happens for you. But I think in the meantime, we will work on getting some different kinds of experts to come in and talk about different aspects of this particular process. I'm sure we've got people uh, in our, our audience who are interested in purchasing a home or purchasing investment property. Maybe they already own a home and they want investment property. And we can address some of those things and how to make that happen. So any final words? Um, you know, at the end of the day, this has been a, it was a sort of an aggravating process because I, once I got out there, I was like, oh, I know what I want. I want this. And there were some other kinds of, um, I had to, I had to make choices, right? I had As a list we of, this always is, do. This is yes. what I want. And this is what I believe I need. And this is what I want. And I knew though, that I would have to let something go. So it was a matter of, you know, which feature am I willing to let go? Is it the location? Is it the, the uh, size of the square footage of the house? Is it the size of the closet is it the number of bedrooms or whatever and there was there was give and take um the people who are 
you know, I had to be willing to walk away from some things. I had to be willing to walk away from some uh, people, right? Who were, uh, you know, when you're buying a house or making any sort of a big purchase, you're working with realtors and sales agents, you're working with lenders and brokers, you're working with, um, you know, just a variety of people. Now I have a whole new crop of people in my, in you know, that I've got to deal with designers and so forth. You've got to be willing to, to recognize that you're the one, one, you're the one buying the house and has to live with whatever the, the end product is, but also you're the one with the power. None of any of, none of them get paid if I don't buy the house. Now, that that's true. not to say that another person won't come down the pike who will buy that house. But at the end of the day, the people who are working on this sale, on, on putting me into this house, they all get paid. None of them are volunteers. None of them are volunteers. So there is a, you know, I'm entitled as a consumer, I'm entitled to be treated with, uh, you know, respect and dignity and courtesy and prompt phone calls returned and accurate information and, you know, all the things that I need to make an informed decision and to do this thing in a professional way. And I, it's, it, you know, and I have the right, which a lot of times we don't do. We don't stand up for our, you know, our, our right to, um, To be treated and to 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 be treated in a way that is professional and productive. So you know, don't let people. You know, when we get intimidated, we're like, well, I don't want to. I don't want to make waves. And well, they're gonna give me this. No, you're going to give me what is in the contract to be given. Yes. Right. So I just want to remind people, and that's you know, we had an episode about customer service <laughs> way back, which was probably my favorite. Um, but it, it, it's, it holds true, whether the purchase is, you know, a, a $200 a night hotel room or, a, you know, a $12 cheeseburger or, you know, a million dollar home. At the end of the day, you're entitled to get the, the product and the service that you deserve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to thank gonna... you. And I want to thank you publicly for your help in getting me to this stage. You're very and there'll be welcome. more thanks when I get the keys. <laughs> You're very welcome. I wanna close with this thought. I was on a webinar yesterday for realtors um, talking, it was um, led by lenders and talking about this process and, and you mentioned trade-offs and I found it interesting. This point was made yesterday that buyers are the same across whatever economic strata, you know, wherever they find themselves, right? And her example, she said a, you know, a purchaser in the $350,000 range wants a half a million dollar home and a million dollar buyer wants a $1.5 million, $1 million home everybody wants something a little more than where they are. And at some point, the job of the realtor that she was talking to us is to help you guys get to the place where you Come can- Come back down to earth. 
you can, you can purchase a home that you'll be happy. And it's just about realistic expectations, right? Yeah. And I think we had mentioned this before, you could have all the money in the world and you still have some, there are going to be trade-offs. Maybe those trade-offs aren't financial ones. Maybe there are other considerations given people that you're purchasing the house with, right? It, it was a very different thing when you were purchasing a house as a uh, unmarried woman and a two-year-old kid, right? Where he wasn't voicing his opinion. You may have taken him into consideration, but he wasn't voicing his opinion. And you're doing that now when he's got very real demands about what he wants. It was a very different experience for me purchasing my first home as a single woman or an unmarried woman. And this time around as part of a married couple. It just, there always are going to be considerations and trade-offs in the process. And when we recognize that that's part of the process, right, then we are able to deal with those things in turn, make the best decision for us. And in the end, if it turns out not to be the best thing, you can sell it and move on, or you can rent it and move on. And there's always a way. So that's my final word. Well, it's a good word. I will take that under advisement and- Just know will, you're in good company. That's all. We'll, you were in we'll good company. We'll <laughs> so you were in good you. company. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. And we look forward to- Talking with you again next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 